Welcome in to another new podcast from Codings Pro Magazine. As always, I'm your host, Ben DuBose, news editor with the AMP Publications team. Today, we're speaking with Sonny Arwood, president and CEO of Fluid Applied Roofing, located in the Dayton, Ohio area. Sonny, thanks for taking the time. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. We're thrilled to pick your brain about some trends in the roofing industry and everything that you've learned over your distinguished career. And let's actually start there. For people who aren't familiar with your story, take us through your decades in the industry. What led you to your current role with Fluid Applied Roofing and what it is you're doing today? Okay, so I started off uh, in the construction and painting industry, uh, probably in the late 80s. And um, from there, I learned that there was uh, products out uh, called at that time roof coatings. And so I got curious and I started uh, to kind of dabble in that. And I found out that I could actually make more money um, installing roof coatings than I could painting. So I took a strong interest. Um, that led me after about 15 years into uh, commercial roofing. So we started offering more than just roof coatings, full commercial roofing services. And during my time with uh, the in the roof coating space, I, I kind of felt there was some need for some change, uh, some things that I felt maybe could be improved on. And so uh, I bought a formula, I hired a chemist, bought a formula, and um, we got into the manufacturing. So that's how I landed where I am today. So one of the interesting things about your career, at least from my perspective, you've had time on both the contractor side and the manufacturer side. Many times we talk to people with expertise in one of those two areas. You've actually seen it from both sides, and I'm guessing that helps you out with what you're doing today with fluid applied roofing, again, based near Dayton, Ohio. How has that career transition helped you or benefited you in what you're doing now? What are some of the lessons that you took from your time out in the field as a contractor that you've used the last few years now that you've transitioned to more of a, a manufacturing role or at least a representative someone overseeing a manufacturer right so <clears throat> i think one of the takeaways as i was again go first entering the commercial roof coating space uh was that the manufacturer support was really very limited so if i had questions okay not specifically around their products but maybe uh about the roof i was working on it was really limited. So the educational piece was really tough. Um, it was missing. And, and so I felt that we, we really needed to improve that. And that was one of the things that, again, I felt was a weak link. Um, so I think that was probably one of the bigger things that stood out to me and I felt needed a, an improvement, uh, being a contractor, having that support. What are some of the ways that the industry has changed over your time in it? And I'm leaving this intentionally open-ended because I'm sure there's a lot of ways, both on the contract side and in terms of manufacturers and the technical development. What are some of the trends that you've seen over these last couple of decades when it comes to uh, application practices, technical development, just generally speaking, uh, what's happened in the industry over your time in it that's led you to the emphases that you have today? So when I first started, <clears throat> and anybody who's been in this space would probably understand these terms. If, if you haven't been in a long, you might not even know what I'm talking about. But there were um, products called fiber to aluminum roof coatings. And so that was one of the primary products. Uh, and then you would have an elastomeric roof coating. 
And so you didn't have a lot of options mm-hmm. um, when I first started. And I also noticed that there was a kind of one thing that stood out to me um, in the processes of doing roof coating applications. There's something called a three course method. And, and that's yep. basically where they're detailing out the roof and trying to leak proof it. Um, I was finding that no matter what system we would install, no matter whose system it was, the roof system was working very well, except for at these details, flashings, details, and penetrations, where they were using this three-course method specific to a metal roof. Um, it was causing corrosion and some damage. And so I felt there needed to be a, a change in, in that process. And so that what really is what pushed me to start looking at at other uh, options and maybe even developing my own system. But, uh, and, and I am seeing that, we're seeing more manufacturers move toward a liquid application uh, around seams and penetrations and moving away from this, what they call three course method. But I'm also seeing a lot of hybrid products um, come into play now and even silicone uh, roof coatings are, are starting to pick up on a market share. So. There's been a pretty significant change. Now, I've been doing this for a while. I started in the early 90s. So as you can imagine, there's been a pretty significant change. But for the first 15 years of my career or so, uh, it was pretty stagnant. Uh, everything seemed to be kind of, they were stuck in their ways, I, you know, for lack of a better word. One of the things that I've heard when I talk to contractors out in the field and I ask them about their clients, <clears throat> especially the last couple of years, there's been a bit more of a move towards roof restoration because simply the rising cost and some of the economic challenges make it so much more difficult to justify, you know, a full blown tear off and starting from scratch. So if you can potentially extend the the lifespan of that roof an extra five to 10 years with a roof coating, that's especially advantageous in the current economic environment. Is that something that you've seen as well, that more people are taking a hard look at roof coatings simply because the economics on the client side make it a lot more difficult in many cases to do, you know, a full-blown re-roof? Yes, um, and, and I will be able to elaborate on that even more if you'd like, but yes, I mean, you're, you're, it's somewhere in the 30 to 50 percent lower cost to go into a restoration process, and that's just the initial cost. Mm-hmm. Um, when you start to look look over life cycle cost and the fact that a a, a fluid applied or a roof coating um, can is a sustainable system, so you don't actually have to tear it off. You can just redo it at the end of the warranty period, reinstall it. Um, it's a significant saving to the customer. And I think again, you ask about my career and what changes I've uh, witnessed. Um, when I first started, roof coatings <clears throat> again weren't really considered a roofing system. Um, the reason we started kind of driving the term fluid applied roofing is because we want that perception to be, hey, this really is a liquid applied roofing system. Mm-hmm. And so now we're able to compete. We're able to show the customers. The end users have actually been educated to this point now where they're seeing these systems as a viable solution and they, they're looking for sustainability. So when you can bring all that and lower the cost, um, it becomes a win-win so when you talk to the contractors that are actually out in the field in 2023 and trying to install some of these new roof coating technologies, what are their pain points? What type of feedback do you get from them in terms of what their needs are on the technical side? So really, again, it goes back to one of the things I mentioned earlier. 
having a manufacturer that understands commercial roofing. Because when they enter this space, depending on their level of experience in commercial roofing, um, and some of them have zero, some of them are painting contractors like I was, uh, and so they have to learn, it's really good to have a, a, a manufacturer that understands commercial roofing to support them and be able to answer those questions that they have about the roofing surface or substrate they're working on. If the manufacturer can't provide that support to them, they're left trying to find that answer on their own. Um, and that can cause problems. It can cause issues with the installation. They might install the roofing system when they shouldn't be, when it should be a tear off and replace. And, and so one of the things that I, uh, you know, encourage contractors to do is, is find a manufacturer to work with it that, that can answer those questions for you and help guide you. Um, we often, I say this all the time to our sales reps, we're not interested in buying roofs. We're, inst we're interested in, in restoring them and, and making them a viable roof again. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is if that roof is so far gone that it needs replaced, then let's tell them to replace it. So that educational piece is, I think, critical. And that's what I would tell contractors. Find a manufacturer that understands the roofing industry so they can support you. By the way, what's the geographic reach for your business? What's the areas that you generally work in? So our fluid pipe roofing actually sells products all over the continental U.S. Okay. Yeah, so uh, coast to coast. Okay, cool. Yeah, I didn't realize that the distribution was that wide. That That's impressive. Yes. Um, yes. Talk about your business and how the products you've developed can really meet those <clears throat> challenges that you were just referencing. For example, how does the technology that that you all have when you're distributing these products, how does that mesh with the, the marketplace demands and what the contractors and clients need? So, so we have a hybrid technology and I mentioned that earlier, the you know, hybrid products coming out. Um, but the biggest thing, I think our flagship product is, is a fiber infused product. And it was totally designed around the things I mentioned earlier, which is mm -hmm. getting away from that three course method um, specifically on metal roofs. It's not as critical on a flat roof, but certainly on metal roofs because you have a corrugation uh, that these contractors are trying to put this product down over and it's very labor intensive. It's, it's um, requires a lot of manpower. It's, you know, you're down on your hands and knees, it's hot. Um, and <clears throat> you can, you can actually have installation errors. And so our product being a liquid form in a liquid form uh, that's fiber infused, it actually will create a monolithic uh, product that shapes itself to the corrugation of the metal roof, you know, using a metal roof as an example. Uh, so we're mitigating risk. We're, we're lowering that installation error risk when the guys are getting hot and tired at the end of the day. The speed of application is about 10 to 15 times faster. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's requiring less manpower. So we, we looked at, again, what was the one point that I felt as, you know, in my personal opinion, that was an issue. And I've already mentioned that I felt the products were doing a great job restoring and protecting the roof as a whole, but we needed a change there. So, so we developed a product that would, would, um, would mitigate the risk and um, increase speed of application. And I'm, I'm seeing a trend around that now. I'm seeing other manufacturers that are bringing out liquid applied applications mm -hmm. uh, and moving away from that uh, three course method as well. So walk us through the timeline of this development. You've been at Fluid Applied Roofing since 2016, correct? 14. 2014. Okay. Yeah. So nearly a decade. 
What's yes. been the timeline in terms of, I guess, developing the technology, getting it to market, actually distributing it, distributing it to the continental U.S. as you were saying a few moments ago? Uh, what has the last few years been like in terms of the actual rollout of the business? So um, when we have initially, you know, bought the formula and started to work with it, um, I uh, used it inside my own commercial roofing company. Okay. Um, because I didn't want to uh, take it to market until I had fully tested it in real world application, even though we'd been through all the accelerated weather testing and other testing that was required. Uh, I felt that that real world application is really where you get a good feel. So um, we used it inside our own business organization until 2019. And then late 2019, we went to market. Okay. Um, as luck would have it, um, COVID hit in 2020. And of course, that threw, you know, everyone for a spin and a loop because um, there was so much uncertainty around the uh, not only people's health but the economy and what was going to happen. And uh, and then in 2021, we end up with major supply chain issues. And as a new manufacturer, um, I don't probably have to tell you this, but when you don't have a significant amount of buying history, getting raw materials when things are on force majeure. Mm -hmm. Um, allocation made it very tough and what I had to do what our team had to do was we literally went and met with manufacturers and and uh, suppliers um, the distributors and the manufacturers we didn't go just to the distributors but we we had to find a way to overcome these challenges uh, that we were facing with no real buying history uh, and we just felt we had a compelling story that we had a great product that was going to be kind of revolutionary and industry changing mm -hmm. and that it would be good to be a, one of our partners. And we didn't just sit back on our heels and accept the fact that they were saying, I'm sorry, um, I'm not sure how I can help you. We literally, you know, as they say, grabbed the bull by the horns and we went after this market and we were able to convince um, suppliers to take us on and, and manufacturers to, to, to take a hard look at us and, that enabled us to continue to manufacture and supply through these supply chain issues. Have you seen that easing at all the last couple of years? It's sort of an interesting spot in that those pressures aren't new the way they were in late 2020 and especially 2021 when it just felt like the entire industry sort of panicked over it to a degree. Have those eased at all or is it a matter now that folks are just becoming more used to that environment and operating within it? So I, I do see uh, it easing. Um, okay. The supply is is getting better. Um, we're not seeing the 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 lead times as long as they were. In some cases, okay. you couldn't get materials. So yes, it's absolutely easing, and that's not just in the flood applied market, but even in the in the commercial roofing market as as a whole. Because uh, you know that was that was one of the things that really pushed a lot of business into the flood applied market. Mm -hmm. was uh, traditional commercial roofing uh, products, uh, ISO and TPO and other things, UPDM, unavailable fasteners. Um, you just couldn't get them. They, I, I was seeing lead times eight to 10 months. And so that really pushed a lot of business into the uh, roof coating or fluid applied market. Um, so those who were able to provide and manufacture products, uh, their businesses grew and ours, we were one of those businesses that actually excelled through that. So what are some of the expectations and goals for you over the next few years now that you're seeing the market get a bit more friendly in terms of the financial headwinds easing a bit? 
what is the goal for you all over the next few years? What is realistic as far as your growth and what you're hoping to do in terms of uh, building your business with contractors? So our, our plan is to kind of stay in this educational mode okay. of, of really trying to help contractors when they when they enter uh, our business and and start and decide to join our team. It's just and I would encourage any manufacturer to do this and any contractor to ask for and request this. Um, that continued education, I think, is critical. Um, and then new products. We are always looking at new products, new technologies. We want to make, you know, we're in a we're in a labor supply issue. I think that's one of the things that has not cleared up, and and I'm not sure when it's going to clear up. I hear this from contractors constantly. They're trying to find people, trying to find good people. And so the the as a manufacturer, what we want to do is while they're struggling with that, we need to pro find products that will make the application easier and require less manpower or labor. Mm. Um, and then um, it, we appear right now to be on track to have another over 100% growth again. So I think if we just continue to focus on what the contractors are telling us they'd like to see, de develop those new technologies and continue to educate them and just be a support system for them, that's how we're going to win. What's your advice for someone that's relatively new to the space, be it on the contracting side, the manufacturer side? We always ask on these podcasts, you know, what would you tell someone that was in your shoes from early in your career that's just getting involved now in the 2020s? Obviously, the landscape is different compared to when you started out in the 90s. So with the benefit of your experience and knowing the marketplace now, um, what types of things should people new to the industry be looking at doing if they want to, you know, potentially put themselves on a similar trajectory to the rise that you've had in the business the last couple of decades. So I think, you know, one of the things my takeaway from what we had to all face again, going into COVID and supply chain issues is, is always be proactive. Um, I, you know, no is just not acceptable. Mm -hmm. you, you've got to find a workaround. Uh, don't wait. I, I know, unfortunately, I do know some people that kind of sat back on their heels and they waited for things to clear up and it really damaged their companies. Um, and, um, you know, and another thing is, and I've always ran my business this way, and I, I, this is how I live my life, is I always listen to people who've been there, done that, experienced it. I try to learn, 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 and just grow from those types of things. So, you know, build a support team around yourself. Find people that 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 have already been there and done that, and and you know, try to avoid pitfalls um, that are very avoidable if you again surround yourself with people that have experience that you do not. That's Sonny Arwood, President and CEO of Fluid Applied Roofing. Sonny, before we wrap up, is there anything we haven't covered that you'd like to throw out there to our audience? It can be advice, perspective, uh, outlook for the industry. Basically, you know, when you're talking to people out in the industry, what are some of the, I guess, the key talking points in 2023? What's on your mind these days? And is there anything that, you know, you think our audience could benefit from uh, from hearing from your perspective? Well, again, I, you know, you mentioned the, that there's a, a cost benefit uh, to fluid applied roofing applications, roof coatings. Mm -hmm. um, I would encourage any contractor that is not in this space to take a good look at it. I know contractors that are, um, they have awesome careers. They're making great money, um, you know, have good time with their families. Um, and so 
this is a good market to be in. It really is. And, and the, the growth has just been tremendous. Um, I, I see it, it as a, a market that's going to continue to gain share, market share. Um, and it's because people are looking for sustainability. They're looking for systems that are easy. These systems are non-disruptive. When you go into a building, you, you mentioned tear-off. Tear-off can uh, create all kinds of problems. You can end up with water you know, coming in, a storm comes over while the roof's partially open. Uh, it's very disruptive to a business. This is a, a non-disruptive way to get your roof um, back under warranty. And these systems now can go from 10 to all the way up to 20 year warranty. So um, very, uh, you know, beneficial to, to look into this. So if you're not, if you're a contractor and you're not in this space, take a look at it. I think it's going to be well worth it. Um, and if you're a business owner or a building owner, and you haven't looked at fluid applied roofing applications, I would suggest taking a hard look at it because I think you're going to be very impressed and happy with the savings and results. For anyone listening that might want to learn more either from you as far as just reaching out to you to chat or learning more about your business, what's the best way that they can do that? Basically just throw out some contact information that our audience can potentially use if they want to get in touch with either you or fluid applied roofing. Yeah, so you know, we our website um, actually is in the process of being rebuilt again, but it's, we do have one uh, there now. It's fluidappliedroofing.com. And our uh, toll-free number is 855-860-2300. Uh, my name is Sonny Arwood, and you can call into the office. We have uh, plenty of people here that can help out. Outstanding. Folks, this is where we will wrap it today. For Sonny Arwood, I'm Ben Dubose, news editor with the AMP Publications team. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more information on our end, you can go to codingsformag.com or amp.org. Those are the websites for the magazine and the association. That is the Association for Materials Protection and Performance. With that, we'll wind down. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Codings Pro Magazine interview series. We'll be back soon with more.